0: Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Alam again, and uh, we are going to continue to talk about uh, the healing ministry of Jesus. In fact, we've gone several days talking about the healing ministry of Jesus because it is very important for us to study the ministry of Jesus and to see how he operated and how uh, he ministered. So that's what we are doing. And we are going slowly, you know, step by step, because I want you to learn as much as possible. But first. Uh, I will share a testimony with you, like I've done every day at the beginning, and and I want you to take a look at this. Look at this. This is uh, the flag of the Shan State Army, and I'll tell you the story of this thing. Actually, I had lost this uh, this thing and this flag, and I found it uh, today in one of my old Bibles, and I'll tell you the story of this. The Shan State uh, Shan State is the biggest. Uh, is the largest state uh, you know geographical state in in the country of Burma also known as myanmar shan state is the biggest state now uh, the shan state army is an insurgent group because the the shan people uh, you know it's one of the 14 different ethnic groups in Burma the 14 states each one this is kind of rough i'm not giving you accurate figures, but there are about 14 different states and I think 14 different ethnic groups. And Shan State is one of the largest, uh, larger ethnic groups. And many of these ethnic groups have had uh, uh, their own guerrilla armies fighting the government, the Burmese government, for their rights because they feel that they have been persecuted by the, the military. So I started going to Burma uh, in, I believe, it was the late 90s, about 22, 23, 24 years ago, uh, preaching the gospel there. And uh, uh, the country was in a very, very bad situation then uh, because they, it was ruled by a military dictatorship uh, who hated Christians, who were persecuting Christians because they wanted the whole country to be Buddhist. That That is basically putting it mildly. Um, Christians and churches were had a very difficult time, and they favored the Buddhists because they were all Buddhist, It was a Buddhist military government. But we went in there, and in spite of the persecution, we held many crusades and planted many churches there. And it's another story how we could do that, but I'll get into that another time. But this was the first crusade I ever did, and this was in the city of Mandalay. Uh, of, of Mandalay Mandalay is the second largest city in Burma. And it's also a city full of Buddhist monks and shrines and temples and pagodas and things like that. And they said they said that about, uh, I, I think they, it was one out of every seventh person in, in Mandalay was a Buddhist monk or nun. That's how religious it was. So we did a crusade in Mandalay and on the second night of the crusade, I mean, we had a huge crowd that came. Uh, people came to hear the gospel. People were being saved, saved and, and they were healed. And I think it was the second night. I'm not sure, second or third, but I think it was the second night. I saw some men in camouflage uniform walking around and I knew that it was not the Burmese army because the Burmese army wears olive green. But these were men in camouflage. I checked and I found out that these were... Uh, guerrillas of the Shan State Army and they could be there in Mandalay because they had a ceasefire agreement with the Burmese army. And there was a, you know, they ruled their own territory in Shan State, uh, which was seven hours away by car, uh, their headquarters, but they are driven down uh, seven hours to be at the crusade with their commanding general. The commander of the Shan State Army, General Usain Now he had gotten completely deaf in one year and uh, mostly deaf in the other ear because of exploding ordnance during the, you know, during the wars against the, uh, that they had fought against the Burmese army. But so he had heard up in his mountain headquarters, seven hours away. Somebody had called him after the first night's crusade and told him that God was opening deaf ears. So he took some of his men, jumped in a vehicle and drove down and was at the crusade this night. And God opened his ears and he gave his life to Jesus. So he had just come there for one night. But uh, that was such a great and overwhelming experience of salvation and healing that he stayed on the whole week. And I got to meet with him. And this is what he said to me one day. I took him out for lunch. He said, Pastor, I just want you to know one thing. He said, I fought the Burmese army for 28 years believing that we had been deprived of our human rights but this week i am realizing that what we have been deprived of the most is the gospel of jesus could you please come and preach the gospel in my territory Yeah, and that was the territory they controlled which was not under the burmese government's control So this was, I believe this was in December. I was at this crusade and in April, I went up to his headquarters in a town called Chaume. And we had a great crusade there. We planted a church and I mean, we had a school of ministry there. We saw amazing, amazing miracles there. And uh, God did some fantastic things. And then the general said, I want to be baptized. So we took him to a river close by and we had guerrillas guarding us and they set up machine guns all around so that nobody attacked us. And then I baptized him and uh, we we, we became close friends. And he came to different crusades for several years after until I stopped preaching in Burma. He was always there. His wife also came. I got to know that family and uh, one of his nieces. I Uh, Either was his daughter no, I believe it was his niece who actually lived with him, became one of our church planters, went to our Bible school, planted a church, and uh, the man grew in God's grace. He and his family and God blessed them wonderfully. And uh, then a few years later, he was killed. I don't know how he was killed, but I found out that he had been killed. And so General Lusai now is now in heaven, and when I get to heaven, I'm looking forward to seeing him there. So this uh, thing that I remember, it's a sticker actually of their flag, the Shan State Army. I wanted to show this to you. This uh, reminds me of General Usainow. Praise God. And I must add that during those years in Burma, I managed i managed to pray for salvation with three different Uh, guerrilla army leaders. One was the leader of the Karen National Liberation Army, who has been been fighting the government uh, by the border of Thailand for since 1948, I believe. And then the other was a smaller uh, guerrilla group called, uh, uh, I don't know the name, but it was in the Kachin, Kachin area, Kachin Liberation Army. So God gave us many opportunities to preach the gospel and we had a great harvest of souls and churches planted in Burma. Praise the Lord. So that was the testimony for today. And I want to go to this scripture in Matthew 15 verses 21 to 28. And here we read about uh, a, a woman, a Phoenician woman, a Canaanite woman, and says, And Jesus went thence and departed into the coasts of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan, uh, in another scripture, it says a, a Phoenician woman. Phoenicia is actually what we know, uh, what we know as, as Lebanon. Lebanon uh, was known as Phoenicia at that time. Well, a woman of Canaan And he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And then she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Amen. Now, this is a beautiful story. And uh, this is the story of a Phoenician woman from the coast of Tyre and Sidon. Tyre and Sidon are in modern day Lebanon, southern part of Lebanon, right by Israel. And this is interesting because this woman, this, this Lebanese woman, Canaanite or Phoenician woman, she came to Jesus and she was crying and she was saying, Lord, have mercy on me, you son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Now. There's two things about this woman. Firstly, she was not an Israelite. She was a Canaanite. She was not an Israelite woman, uh, but she kind of knew who she was. So she called him Lord and she called him the son of David. That is interesting. So she called him Lord. She addressed him as Lord and she called him a son of David. And then the second thing was that her daughter was demon-possessed. She said, my, my daughter is tormented by a devil and please help us. And Jesus, he did not even answer her. He 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 just ignored her. He just, I mean, he heard her cry. Oh Lord, son of David, help my daughter. She's possessed by a devil. And Jesus, he, he did nothing. He just walked on. But this woman... She didn't get, she didn't take his silence for, I mean, or she wouldn't take no for an answer. She just refused to acknowledge his silence and she kept on pursuing him, you know, crying out to him. And finally his disciples got fed up of her crying and, you know, making a noise. And she, they said to Jesus, they said, Jesus, please tell this woman to leave to leave us alone because she's following us around, shouting at the top of her voice. This is interesting. She cried out to Jesus, but Jesus didn't even answer her and he just walked on like he just he didn't even acknowledge her and, and then, but, but this woman, she refused to take that and she just kept on pursuing him crying, crying, crying loudly after him until the disciples got upset at her for her. Crying and her, I mean, they were getting irritated. So they said, Lord, please, please do something about this woman. She's shouting and yelling and crying after us. Please do something. So now the, So now, Jesus finally gave her some attention and talked to her, not because of she, not in response to her request, but in response to the fact that his disciples were getting irritated and upset at her crying. And so Jesus answered and he said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. In other words, Jesus said, uh, look, woman, you know what, uh, I can do this, but I'm not, I'm only sent by God to help Israelites, the lost sheep of the house of Israel, uh, and you don't qualify. because." You're not a Jew. I'm just here for the Jews. My ministry is for the Jews. If you were a Jew, I would help you. But I'm only sent to minister to the Jews. And so I'm sorry. And then he walked on. But the woman, she refused to take that as an answer. She just kept on following him. And then she worshipped him and said, Lord, please help me. Please help me. And then finally, this is what Jesus said. Jesus said look it it is not right to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. Now this was you can take it as an insult because the Jews uh, used to uh, refer to the gentiles as dogs because dogs are unclean animals you know dogs are unclean like pigs are unclean the Jews had a whole bunch of animals that were considered unclean and dogs were among the most unclean of animals so the Jews used to refer to non-Jews, to Gentiles in, uh, as dogs because it, you know, it wasn't very complimentary. It was actually looking down at them. Uh, they, they used to refer to them as dogs, that they're unclean. So to call somebody a dog. Uh, was considered you know still in the Middle East you call somebody a dog you're ready you're in for a fight because they were that's a big big insult both among Jews and Muslims even today you call somebody a dog you're in for a fight because dogs are unclean so look at look at this woman she comes after Jesus and says Jesus please help my daughter who is possessed by demons and Jesus the first thing he does he ignores her just ignores her the second time she comes to him again, and uh, and she's crying, and she comes to him again. And finally, he responds to her the second time, yeah, I mean, the first time he ignores her. The second time he responds to her, not because of her, but because his disciples were getting aggravated and upset, said, Lord, do something about this woman. She's following us around. So for their sake, Jesus says to her, he says, he says, listen, lady. Uh, I'm only sent to the Lordship of the house of Israel and you're not an Israelite, so you don't qualify. But this woman refused to take that as an answer. And then she bowed before him, humbled herself. She worshipped him and said, Lord, please help me. you got to help me. And Jesus, this is the third time and third time. He responds by calling her a dog. He says, you're a heathen and the Jews, they are the children. God's people are the children and healing is the children's bread. I cannot take the bread from the children and give it to dogs. Who does that? I mean, who takes bread from his children and gives it to his dogs? By this time, the woman should have been Um, offended, you know, by first time she's ignored. Second time she's told she's not an Israelite, so he was not going to do anything for her. And the third time she, uh, you know, he he basically called her a heathen, a dog, an unclean animal, and I cannot take the children's bread, give it to the dog. But this woman refused, refused to be offended, refused to take no for an answer. And she comes back. I mean, she has a comeback this third time and the comeback, she says, Lord, Yes, that's true. Truth, Lord. That means, Lord, that's true. You cannot take the children's bread and, and give it to the dogs. Then he says, yet the dogs... Eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. He said, Jesus, I know, I know, Lord, you cannot take the children's bread, give it to the dogs. Yet when the kids are eating at the table, you know how messy children are. When you give kids bread to eat, there will always be crumbs on the table. And the children don't eat those crumbs. Those crumbs are swept down on the floor. And the dogs eat of the crumbs. So let me have those crumbs because one crumb from your table is enough to heal my my daughter. And look at what Jesus said. Jesus said, and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as you will. And her daughter was made whole from that hour. You know, I am amazed at this woman's persistence. This is faith. This is a part of faith. The thing about faith that refuses to give up I believe Jesus was, you know, God is so good. It's not that Jesus didn't want to heal her because if he didn't want to heal her, he would have never healed her no matter what she said. But sometimes it seems to me that, that, that when, you, when you pray, the answer doesn't come straight away because God is checking you where you are. He wants to see where you are at. And this woman, she passed the test because she was so persistent. She knew who Jesus was and she knew that he could do it and she knew that he had what she needed. And so the first time he ignores her. Second time he does address her, but that is because his disciples were mad at her. And the third time he insults her, calls her a heathen, an unclean animal, your dog. But this woman, her faith, was so persistent she said Lord um um, okay fine you cannot give the bread uh, to the dogs the children's bread to the dogs but even the dogs you know they eat the crumbs that fall from the from the master's table hallelujah so there are several things about this woman the first thing was that uh, from the story the first thing is that healing is the children's bread hallelujah Healing is the children's bread. You and I are children of God and healing is our bread. It is our basic need. Jesus told us to pray, Lord, give us this day our daily bread. Then, you know, if you look at the scriptures about bread, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. That's the first thing he said. I'm the bread of life. Then he said, healing is the children's bread. Then he said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that cometh from the mouth of God. So bread is our sustenance and what we live by. Jesus is the bread of life. His word is our bread and healing is also our bread. So Jesus is our bread. His word is our bread and healing is our children's bread and God will never withhold bread from us. Hallelujah. Because he also said, in Matthew, he says, which one of you, if his children asked for bread, would he deny him and give him a stone? God will never give us, never give us stones instead of bread. He will always give us bread to eat. Hallelujah. Healing is our bread. That's the first thing in the scripture that I see there. The second thing is that persistence always pays off persistence always Persistent faith, faith that doesn't give up. You know, this woman could have walked away from there, said, you know, I cried to God. I cried out to Jesus to heal my daughter, but he just ignored me. I talked to him and he said nothing. He just walked away. So I know it was not the will of God for him to heal or deliver my daughter. And because he walked away, he said nothing. And when I was in Bible school, I was taught that when you pray, sometimes God says, yes, yes. Sometimes he says, no, sometimes he says, wait. And I was such a fool. I believed that because when you are a new believer, you're in Bible school, you you, and you have these Bible school teachers who are authority figures and pastors who are authority figures, you believe everything they say. So When they said to me, that's what God does in the answer to prayer, he said, yes, no, or wait. Uh, You believe that? Well, he knows the Bible, so this must be true. took me years to find out it wasn't in the Bible. It's one of those cliches that people believe in because it's just religious. That's what it is. It says nowhere in the scripture that God is silent. God is not the silent God. When I was a Muslim, God was silent. Yes, he hasn't spoken through 1400 years. That's what we believe, but our God, the father of our Lord, Jesus Christ, he's not silent. He still speaks to us today. He still does miracles today. So first, He was quiet. I believe he was testing her where she stood. Second time he said, well, I'm this this thing is only for the Israelites. But she refused to take no for an answer. The third thing he says, you know, you are unclean. I cannot take the children's bread and give it to the dogs because you are not one of the children. You are one of the dogs. But she refused to take that for an answer. And that brings me to the point, you know, I meet people and this you see only in the Western world. Believe me, you don't see, I don't see much of this in the Middle East or where I go. Grew up uh, in the Western world, you have this. There's a whole philosophy, theology built around. Oh, when sometimes we get disappointed at God, and and uh, and it's all right if to be angry at God. It's all right to uh, to ask. It's all right to doubt. It's all right to ask questions. It is not all right to be angry at God. It is not all right to ask questions and to doubt God. There's nothing right with those things. There's no scripture that tells us that it's okay to be mad at God or to doubt him. The Bible tells us only believe, only believe. It doesn't say all things are possible for those who ask questions or all things are possible to those who are angry at God or those all things are possible for them that doubt. It says all things are possible them that believe. Because when you talk about doubt, you talk about being angry at God. These are human Flesh reactions to things we don't understand. But what do you do when you run into things you don't understand? Well, what do you do? This is what I would do. I would go straight back to the word and stand on the word and come back to Jesus again and just ask him and ask him and ask him if it is if it is in his word. I have something to stand on. I'll keep on standing on the word and keep on storming the thrones of of heaven and I'll lay my hands. My lay hold of the horns of the altar, and I would never let go. And I would pray and seek God and believe Him until I got that which He has promised me in His Word. That is the real, the true reaction, and not uh, angry at God and questioning at God and doubting God. That's that's the. That's the Western educated mentality. And sadly, even among Pentecostals, we have kind of glorified that attitude and given it some kind of legitimacy because a lot of pastors and theologians talk about it as if it's okay. It is not okay. The only thing that is okay is to read the word of God, speak the word of God, believe the word of God, stand on the word of God, and expect that God is mighty to perform his word. He said in Jeremiah 1.12, I'm watching over my word and I will bring it to pass. Hallelujah. That is the God we serve. He's a good God glory to his name. God bless you and we will continue tomorrow with the healing ministry of Jesus. Let us let us pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters. I thank you for your hand upon their lives. I thank you, Father, for each home, each family. Father, I thank you, Jesus, Lord, that their homes and their families are covered by the blood of Jesus and no sickness or or evil or disease shall befall them. But because we are under your blood, we are protected. Father, I ask you to protect my brothers and sisters. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have said in your word that our Lord Jesus has borne our sins, our diseases, the infirmities, and by his stripes we are healed. So, Father, I speak life and blessing and healing and prosperity and long life upon every home in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Well, that's it. God bless you and see you again tomorrow. And we'll keep on sharing from the word of God. If you have any questions or anything, please do feel right to me. I know I'm getting messages, private messages from places uh, all over the world. People who are watching this and you are blessed. But it would be good to hear from more of you so that any any kind of feedback would be appreciated. God bless you.